Hi, I'm Paul Sprinkler and welcome back to Tech Interviews. As you probably noticed, Tech Interviews has had a little bit of a semi-retirement, um, but we brought the show out retirement because there's been a bunch of topics I've been keen to uh, bring to the podcast audience. So um, so we've got a short series of shows where we're going to be covering everything from object storage to evolving security uh, and, and a bunch of other topics. So welcome back. The show's, uh, I've dusted off the mic, I've dusted off the Tech Interviews t-shirt, and I hope you enjoy this series of shows. So for now, over to me and the Tech Interviews podcast. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. Uh, so on this week's show, we're going to be covering something that really caught my attention actually a, a few months ago when I saw a presentation um, from uh, from today's guest um, talking about uh, something they were doing in the space of object storage. And kind of what was at the back of my mind was how is it that object storage has gone from something that we uh, maybe initially saw as kind of a tertiary long-term archive to actually being the storage that many of us are now considering as our, our primary approach to the way that we host data and present data to our applications and to our users. So um, so that was kind of thing in the back of my mind. And uh, so so today's guest was um, was generous enough, uh, genuine enough to, sorry, generous enough, uh, genuine enough, generous enough to uh, to come on the show um, and, and share some of his experience in this space. So, um, so I'd like to welcome to this week's Tech Interviews, um, Brad King. Hi, Brad. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for the opportunity to, to discuss a topic that's clearly dear to our hearts. Uh, so uh, glad to have the in, in introduction and appreciate the opportunity. No, well, you're, you're more than welcome. And, and thanks for uh, sharing some time with us, Brad. And uh, yeah, you know, I say this is a, a subject close to our hearts. Let's hope it's close to the listeners' hearts as well, um, because otherwise, why was we even here? So, um, mm-hmm. so Brad, look, but, but before we jump into our topic, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what it is you do and, uh, and some of your background? So I uh, didn't, didn't start my career uh, in, in storage. I was uh, actually fluid dynamics of ships is, is what my specialty historically was, and that got me into doing HPC and some different things. But I'm one of the co-founders of Scality. Um, we uh, pivoted the, the business that we were doing from um, anti, anti-abuse and email systems to, to very large-scale storage systems. And, and uh, uh, so we're excited to, to be in the, the storage industry. It's been a little over 10 years now that we've been in the storage industry and we've seen a lot uh, over the years. Object storage when we started was a very new thing and, and we did a lot of education. So it's it's come a long ways since then. And I'm um, my title is field CTO. I work with our really large customers and I also keep a, uh, keep track of the heartbeat of where the industry is going and for, for uh, having an impact on our roadmap uh, as we move forward. So that was um, that's quite an interesting pivot. Actually, I, I didn't realize about uh, Scality's background. That's uh, that's quite an interesting change. You know, I've, I've kind of always known you as a, uh, as a as a player in kind of the storage and, and data industry. So um, we talked you, you talked in your introduction about kind of object storage, uh, and, and I talked about that in in my intro as well. And I suppose I do like most of us doing technology. I assume everybody knows what we're talking about. So, so maybe as a starter, Brad, if, if you wouldn't mind, do you, do you want to kind of give us um, just just for those who may not be overly familiar with what we mean when we talk about object storage, do you want to give us a little bit of an introduction to, to what that is and and maybe how that differs from kind of file and block storage mm-hmm. that maybe most of our listeners are used to. I think one of the historical reasons we we got into the storage industry, one of our, our customers uh, in North America was actually Comcast, 
uh, we, we asked them what could we do to help you with, with other things once we'd help them with some of their security, email security problems. And they said, we need a stuff store uh, to store stuff. And uh, I think that introduced to the idea of storage, not just as a file system, but as, as a place to store things. And at that point in time, um, Amazon S3 had existed simple storage service and an API-based storage technology, which really object storage in a sense is, um, we were looking for a new way to, to, to inter, interact with storage. And we, we just followed in that movement. Uh, and I think uh, an API-based storage platform is fundamentally what our object storage is. I think one of the unique characteristics of object storage, it's more designed to a, a get, put, delete interface. And, and um, you can replace an object, but you don't make tiny little byte-by-byte modifications in an object storage. And that's one of the things that makes it fundamentally different. But I think the API nature of interacting with the storage rather than traditional file systems is one of the things that really distinguishes it uh, from from traditional file system storage. And we were looking for something new, uh, a way to interact with storage at a very large scale. And that API notion really, really spoke to us. And I think that's kind of the beginnings of how we get going on on our stuff store. Yeah, and I really like that phrase, stuff store. Um, I think that might be the phrase that I use for object storage from here on in, uh, which is place to put stuff. Because I think the, the, the reason that kind of caught my attention, though, was because that that it feels like quite a good description of the way that we've looked at objects up, up until this point. It's somewhere to just put a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and, and one of the analogies that I, I've always kind of had in the back of my mind about storage is um, a, a, a car park. You know, the idea of, you know, the difference between kind of file and block and object is the difference between a car park and valet parking. You Mm. know, so in a car park, you would go and park your car yourself and then you'd have to go and find it yourself. You know, so you'd kind of search around and and then you'd find it. Whereas actually in valet parking, um, you give your your car to somebody, they give you a ticket, they go off and they place it somewhere. And when you Mm. retrieve it, you give them the ticket and your object stroke car um, is returned to you. And, and, uh, And I think... So, so while they're, they're, they're kind of interesting differences, so that kind of idea of a stuff store or, um, you know, you talked about kind of API-driven and and delivering storage at scale, why is it that then, um, you know, because people who are using kind of file and block might argue that they can do all those things as well, that I can mm-hmm. just put stuff in there and I can do things at scale and I can do things quickly. So w- what is it that's, what is it that's, making object storage kind of become this this almost standard point of conversation because I, I, I suppose like most people my my kind of one of my first exposures to objects was the discussion you because you, you talked about um s3 before you know the idea that actually a lot of the cloud vendors use object as kind of a, a, at least as, as a strategy for the way they deliver storage however you see that storage there tends to be quite a lot of object behind it but i mean why is that what, what's object doing differently that is addressing the challenges that that file and block just isn't doing kind of in the modern world that we're, we're trying to operate in. So I think that there were a number of reasons that object storage became to be a thing uh, in, in, the, in the cloud space. I think one of the, the reasons was um, the, the POSIX file system standard has a lot of things about it that make it very complicated to do at a very large scale with multiple users. Um, having the ability to have a lock on a file uh, and, and this this massive tree structure, being able to move things around all over the place, 
um, in the file system. There's a lot of file system characteristics that make it very difficult to imagine having a file system for everyone on Earth that works in just the same way. There's all kinds of problems you get into with a file system. So object, in a sense, changed the rules about what you could and couldn't do, and it made it easier to scale uh, the system. And I think um, those were advantageous for cloud companies to be able to do something at a planetary scale. But then I think we all began to see that there were some really nice things about that. Having a unique URL, a universal resource locator indicate uh, identifier that's unique on the planet Earth is, is a really nice thing because uh, an object that's been stored then can be accessed by anyone anywhere uh, if they have access to that object. That's something that's really, really different from a file system. You know, no one would imagine storing a file in, in a file system and thinking anyone on Earth can get access to my file. There's pro protocol problems. There's access rights problems. There's all kinds of things that just don't work at that scale. And as a matter of fact, the early days of S3, and I think that's probably still a lot the case, just static web content was one of the things that you could do uh, with an object storage platform. If you if you use an Amazon bucket for a file for a for a web server, you'll end up with a, actually a quite nice performing web server for static web content, and people still do those kind of things. So kind of that mix of uh, the web service uh, and, and the storage world together in one thing became a very interesting approach for a lot of people that were storing data that was in, in the indeed in the end going to be consumed over the public internet. So, and, and that's a, an interesting point because as I said before, you know, my... my... My introduction to object storage wasn't necessarily the cloud providers, but that's kind of the place that I've seen it uh, talked about the most, you know, for, mm. for all the reasons actually you've just talked about, because by, by its definition, it's about scale. Um, you know, like, as you said, it's about putting that piece of data, that piece of information into a, a layer of storage that can be accessed from pretty much anywhere mm. at any time with without some of the problems that are associated with doing that on file and block you know and anybody who's tried to do things like dfs or you know try to stretch array based storage over distance appreciates the problems it's not that it mm. can't be done but appreciates the problems with doing it because you're almost trying to make something that's not designed to do something you're trying to build things to overcome those restrictions right. and you know and I, and I think that 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 in itself comes with its own problems there's some great solutions that do that kind of thing but you know they they are still kind of patching over some some right. fundamental issues um but of course, you know, for many people who listen to this show or, or watching this show, you know, they, they're kind of working in enterprise IT. They're IT pros. They're making decisions about data strategy. Um, so while that seems useful at kind of cloud scale, so for people developing at cloud scale, for cloud providers, for service providers, you know, we, we were talking before we started recording about obviously you, similar to me, you know, you have a lot of conversations with enterprise. So, you know, so while I've seen, some use cases around object storage and enterprise and i'm seeing more and more enterprise vendors making objects something that they can use easily inside of their their own current applications you know whether that's mm. backup providers providing objects as a storage repository or whether it's storage providers using objects as kind of a uh, an archive layer within within their main ssd or whatever you know what, what are some of the conversations you're having with enterprises about or what are the problems you're seeing in enterprise where object is is a good fit and, and is maybe solving some of those problems for them? I think uh, one, of the, one of the things we've seen, it kind of fits with the stuff store notion, 
is that so much of the data uh, that's being stored today is in fact data that we want to store uh, and retain for some profitable use later. And, and a classic example would be a media asset or uh, for instance, uh, in, the, in the medical world, uh, a medical image. And you don't really want to store a medical image uh, and, and see it be corrupted or transformed over time. You really want to store that medical image and come back to it 10 years from now and it will be the same. And that's one of the notions with object storage is this is, I store something and then I retrieve it and I don't change it every day. And, and, and the, that can be perceived by some as a weakness of object storage, but in a sense, it's also a strength. So having things that you, I store this piece of data and it's always there and it's always the same whenever I need access to it. So we, we have um, assets in a sense, digital assets that we've, we've put on a shelf uh, and then we can go and get them wherever we need them and we can rely on the fact that they're just like they were when we put them there. And having uh, data protection schemes uh, have become more sophisticated with object storage. So I think keeping your data safe is one thing. Uh, and another component is very interesting is that uh, traditional file systems have a very limited amount of metadata that you can associate uh, with a file. And it depends a little bit on the particular file system, but sometimes that's that's only limited to the rights to the file. You know, you have a, a mask that says, okay, this is read-write for me, uh, no one else has access, read-write for me in the group, uh, and, and it doesn't go much further than that. Object storage has metadata that can be directly associated with every object, and so I can tag a piece of data with this was the the... The project that we did uh, in Indonesia in 1973, uh, and the, these were the these were the characteristics of the project. So you can put interesting data uh, that makes the, your your piece of information more interesting and more useful to other people, uh, to, to, to guarantee that that data it stays with my piece of data. And that's something pretty unique to object storage: the fact that the metadata travels with the data, uh, and, and so you don't have to worry about a separate database keeping all those things in sync. Uh, metadata comes together with, with the data. So I think that's one of the things. And we're seeing customers gradually getting more and more enthusiastic about the data of tag, idea of tagging their data, making sure that they're, they're disciplined about having all that information up to date. I think one of the hottest topics right now uh, that's really moving the needle uh, is, is ransomware. I mean, you know, the world is terrified uh, of ransomware and, and rightfully so. Uh, the, the fear of having a large-scale file system, and the bigger they get, the bigger the risk. Um, you have a, a, a corporate IT manager that has really high-level access to, to a file system. Uh, his laptop gets, his or her laptop gets um, uh, infected with a, with a virus, and that virus, the laptop sits there uh, running, running and having access to a file system and just happily corrupts data hour after hour and turning uh, precious data into, into crypt, encrypted useless bytes. And that, that concern, not that it's impossible in an object world, but um, typically the rights associated with getting access to an object are, are very separate from, from, from the local user. So it's a lot more work for, for a, a system to encrypt data. And encrypting data uh, can't make, be simple little changes to a file, it's actually replacing the data. So you have a stronger notion of, of, of keeping data from getting corrupted. 
So we're, we're seeing that more and more, and, and you're seeing new functionalities being added into object platforms like object locking, uh, read-only uh, versioning, and things like that, that, that do a much better job of protecting data and not letting anyone and everyone being able to, to touch pieces of data. So I think data security uh, is definitely push, moving the bar uh, in, in that space. Yeah, and it is. It, so it's a lot of that, um, you know, because interesting way you talked about ransomware there and, and kind of data security and, and a couple of things in what you just said, actually, that idea of making the data or the information that, that it creates more valuable by being able to assign more in, more information to go with that information, mm. um, if, if that makes sense, kind of in that metadata to conversation. Um, but also because, because data is becoming such a valuable asset, I think, for, for mm. most enterprises. You know, it, it, a lot of this about how we store it and how we secure it and, and how we understand what we have. You know, are they are they kind of at the heart of what's starting to, to drive this in the enterprise? Because, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm not, you know, for, for the enterprises that I talk to, I'm not seeing lots of them falling over themselves to deploy object storage. Right. And that's not because there's anything wrong with object storage in the enterprise. But I do think there's a, a, an element of, Perhaps they just don't understand why it might have some benefit for them. Um, you know, and, and you know, so so some of those things you've talked about there, you know, are, are clear benefits. You know, the idea that we can mm. understand our information better because we can assign more information to the information, and we can secure it and scale it better, and we can you know, we can make it more portable because of object storage. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, is that a fair question, or is that just kind of some of the conversation I'm having? You know, uh, do you see that there's a challenge with enterprise understanding where object storage might bring some value to them yeah what, what what are some of the kind of pushbacks or or maybe even misunderstandings that the enterprise has with object what what are some of the things that are stopping uh, you know i appreciate while there is adoption what are some of the things that are stopping object adoption for enterprises i think in many ways what has, has been stopping it for a number of years is that we, we typically don't there's exceptions to that, but we use applications uh, that store data on a, on a file system. And if applications don't understand object storage, uh, why would an enterprise exert efforts to, to use a system that their applications don't understand? And so we're definitely seeing a transition in the application space, and that's definitely true in medical imaging. It's definitely true um, in the media industry. Uh, a classic tool in the media industry was the media asset management system where uh, you you associate metadata using it, typically using a database, with a, a file system. And little by little, we're seeing that being replaced with an object store. And enterprise begin to see the, the utility of that because now I have an, if I have an on-premises uh, object storage, I put my data there. If I decide tomorrow I want to be a hybrid public cloud, I don't really have to change anything. I just point my data, my, my, my asset management system a different place. So we're certainly seeing some of that. And, and when we started, we were very enthusiastic about object storage and found that the industry said, huh, uh, we, our, our applications don't work with that. So we developed a, a, a native file system interface. And little by little, that's, that's been very successful in, an, in its own right. But little by little, the, the applications are starting to move where we hope they would. Uh, and so backup systems, almost all major backs, backup applications of the day use uh, file system, interf I mean, um, excuse me, objects, object interfaces as, as an option. Uh, a lot of media tools, anything that's using data in massive quantities and storing data, 
that there's a, there's definitely a trend to move in that direction because it's you know all the things we've talked about the portability the 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 ability to enrich with metadata the ability to know that you can point to a single place and have access to that data and the ability to work with multiple public clouds and on premises for an application it simplifies application developers lives so i think uh, i think industry is you know there's part of industry databases things like that they're going to be using file systems but so so are you seeing because uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, and, and I think this is this is true of technology in in just in technology in general, not just in the enterprise. That sometimes it's about multiple things coming together that mm. start to drive um, drive an interest. And we'll, we'll touch on kind of um, something that you guys um, you know kind of launched relatively recently. This, this kind of Arteska um, solution. Mm. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of touch on why you've done that in a second. But I, I suppose yeah, this idea of multiple things coming together which are now starting mm. to drive away we think differently about storage so you know it's so it's if i'm if i'm an enterprise person listening to this i i'm you know the storage admin or storage manager or i'm a, a cto even you know i'm making mm. these kind of strategic decisions and if i'm looking at my organization and the way i'm building my applications or the way i'm managing data and i'm listening to this and i'm thinking well is object storage for me you know what, what are the kind of things what are the kind of things you would, would you look at in your enterprise infrastructure to make you think that actually now might be a good time to consider objects? What, what are some of the things you'd look for? I think, indeed, there's a number of transitions going on. Uh, clearly, one of them uh, is this everything as a service, which we could go along add to that uh, serverless uh, applications um, environments like uh, Kubernetes environments, um, computing of that nature, what we end up having is uh, data is being looked at and consumed at many different places in the enterprise. You know, rather than having uh, a system that stores the data uh, and then consumes the data, I have an application with file system behind it. Now we, we start to have, we have an application uh, that may be end user facing that's accessing the data. And then we've got a machine learning application that's accessing the same data. And then we have uh, a, a big data analytics application that's trying to understand users' behavior. Uh, and, and then we have a, another system that's doing logging. And that might all be the same data. So you've got data that's being now looked at by a number of different applications, consumed with different rights. And those kinds of things are extremely difficult to do well with a file system in a interface because it may not be the same groups of people who want to have subtly different access rights and also applications that can't mount the file system for various reasons. You know, a serverless application, it's quite tricky to mount a file system. So those things are, are getting to the point where people really recognize the inter interest of storing the data and having it for another application. But if I have to spend too much time providing access to another application, it, it's, it's just too much work. You know, we've, we've always talked about the siloed nature uh, of file systems. And I think if you're, if, if you're an enterprise customer that feels frustrated about the siloed nature of your data, object storage is definitely something to think about because it's a, the object interface with an API is a very good way of quickly breaking up the siloed notion uh, of data storage. Yeah, and it sounds like from the way you're describing that, that, that it almost gives you the opportunity to have 
to have that data because there's a difference isn't there? there's a subtle difference between data and information you know data mm. is kind of the ones and zeros what we do with it then becomes the information the thing that has value and it sounds like from the way you were discussing that that what what object storage allows us to do at scale and that performance as well you know because one of the things that's been leveled at object storage in the past has been well isn't object storage slow but obviously you know technology is changing that and we're mm-hmm. seeing more and more high performance object um you know but we're, we're seeing that it, it sounds to me like it, as long as we've got all that data in one place what object allows us to do its flexibility allows us to do better than we could do with file or block is that we can almost make that data look like different information depending on the requirement. So we can mm. kind of not, we're not manipulating it. We're not changing it, but because we know more about it, you, you know, you talked about that kind of metadata before we, we could almost have that. I might have one requirement for, for that piece of data. You might have a different requirement. And because the applications can present that same data as differently, we can, we can both attain value from it. Even if the value is different, we can still get value from the same, same bit of data. Does that make sense? Have I kind of have I got that idea? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's fair enough. I think applications that were uh, an end user will, I, I want to look at my data. Uh, I, I, my, my, like, like my bank statements, the PDFs of my bank statements, that's, that's me interacting with the system, but the and another system is going to to want to look across uh, many many users' access data with with very very constrained access rights. So th- those all those kinds of things uh, play into the equation of having kind of a, a matrix of access to data. But also you you have uh, I think a, just just the notion of being. The, the whole Kubernetes serverless world, um, having data available in, in a pod that's doing computing becomes a pretty tricky problem if you have tens of pods all wanting access to the same file system to make sure that they, they don't mess each other's data up. And that, that's where an object interface becomes very interesting because you're just making API calls. And, and I think uh, we're seeing the, the, the what's called the COSI, the, the Cloud Object Storage Interface, um, coming out in the Kubernetes world and we're, we're excited that there's going to be standards there, but being able to, to just have access data from a serverless world and saying, I want to access something, have a look at it, persist my result and, and not worry about storage. I think it's a, it's a pretty interesting new no, notion, the idea that I can just request a piece of data and I can persist something without having any idea uh, what's the the file system behind it? What's the the model? Uh, and I think that's that goes along a, a lot with this notion of cloud and everything as a service, but just persisting information, uh, as you said, rather than than the bits and bytes. Uh, is that a five hundred kilobyte file? I'm just persisting information. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that's I think that's hugely important, kind of as, as we architect modern modern solutions, modern data platforms. You know, we need that portability. You know, we don't want to be tied to something specific. We because, as you said, you know that kind of serverless or that Kubernetes world that we we operate in, containers world that that many of us are starting to move to. You know, it, the, the whole point of that is almost kind of portability, rapid scale automation. Mm. You know, and if we're tied to things that don't don't support that kind of mode of operation, 
that's going to be quite difficult for us. You know, again, we're going to be kind of talk as we talked about before, things like DFS, you're kind of overcoming a problem by trying to patch something over the top of it to, to mm. overcome, overcome limitations. So but look, we're kind of coming to the end of our, our recording time here. And, and I, I want to just take a couple of minutes to talk a little bit about kind of scalability as, as a company. You know, we've talked a lot about object and where it may fit in the enterprise and, and why object is becoming increasingly pervasive in, in the way it's used. Mm. Um, so, so what is it that you guys are doing in terms of helping uh, that you know t- today's enterprise to to look at objects, to understand it, and, and potentially to adopt it. So I think one of the things we did, which is kind of the reverse side of the coin, we did make file system interfaces available on the same technology that allowed people to live in both worlds at the same time. And I think um, you know tape has been dead for how many years is it now? Um, file system will, will probably be dead for a similar length of time. We're we're going to be living in these worlds for a long, long time to come. So having having those options is one of the things that we did. Uh, we do a certain amount of education uh, also with, with object storage. I think one of the things that we're seeing that's, that's pretty fascinating is um, the object storage as an as-a-service in offering inside of a corporation. Corporations that don't want to move to public clouds, they're saying, okay, we want... Um, to be able to offer object storage internally and people will consume it. So one of the things that we had to do to make that more interesting in an enterprise world was do things like quotas, you know, the, the, the Azure's and Azure Blob, uh, uh, Amazon, putting quotas on storage is anathema to them. They want you to store as much as you can and have a very bad end of the month when you go, you know, the, the sticker shock with my, oh my goodness, that's really expensive. Enterprises don't want that. So we had to add quotas to, to the S3 platform and a lot of tools so that, that pe- people could have a good notion of who's consuming this, the storage because it's a wonderful thing for developers and people that consume storage to no longer have to ask the IT department for, I need 10 more terabytes. Oh, I need five more terabytes. And you have purchase orders, purchase requests, and things like that. But you have to control it. You can't just let people run wild without you can have petabytes of storage. So I think those are some of the things. And the other one is that the expectation has really gone up that if the IT department is going to be providing an as-a-service offering for something like object storage, the, the, the bar has been set by the, the likes of the Azures and the AWSs and the Googles of the world. Uh, having your data always online, always available, having a quality of service that's reliable that puts pressure on the IT departments. And so that's one of the things we've really worked hard on to make sure that the storage can be online all the time. Being able to have you know 24 hour downtimes these days are just not things that people are willing to accept anymore. So IT departments are really being asked to raise raise their level of, of you know, service level agreements, I would say internally uh, to their customers. And so helping customers that we have in that space has, been, has become really important as well for us. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, um, I, I suppose so much so much of this is true across enterprise IT anyway, in that mm. actually, you know, you talked before that the Azure's, the AWS's, the GCP's, you know, what, what those guys have done is start to change the way that we expect to consume technology mm. inside of the enterprise. The problem with that is lots of the things that the enterprise is built on don't really allow us to do that. You know, right, and that's right. why, you know, and I think that's why we're starting to see, you know, as you guys are doing, you know, you're bringing object storage to the enterprise, you know, and you're doing some interesting things that not only are bringing object 
kind of object as was to the enterprise, but also mm. looking at how you can take advantage of object in these kind of new modern working models that we've got, you know, whether that's containers, whether that's, uh, you know, full portability at cloud-like scale, you know, mm. they're, they're the, it sounds like they're the kind of things that, that the, you guys are bringing to the market. Mm. So, well, look, uh, uh, Brad, as, as, as kind of uh, we, we get to end of our recording time here, um, yeah, I always like to ask people, you know, if, if people are listening to this and want to understand a little bit more about object in general or want to understand, understand a little bit more about what Scality are doing and how they might be able to help, uh, what, what's a good way to do that? And, and, and maybe is there a good way to, to kind of come and hassle you on social media as well? Sure. I think I think a, a foot in the door maybe the, uh, with, with the object space will be the Arteska technology, which we've introduced kind of to, to the, the starter kit kind of end of, of the system instead of the really big iron, uh, you know, create your own Google GCP uh, on your on-premises. Uh, the Arteska is, is a starter in. So uh, visiting our website, certainly um, my first name, last name at scality.com will get you my email address. That may be the very easiest way uh, to get a hold of hold of me. Uh, but, uh, you know, subscribe to our uh, Twitter feeds. Uh, Scality Twitter feeds is one of those things. That, a, lot of, a lot of things on the web. We, we're also um, present in some open source projects that we've done. Uh, Metal Kubernetes, which is a is a distribution that allows us to, to deploy our technology on top of Kubernetes, or some places that you can cross paths with us. Yeah, and, and just actually just pick up on something you talked about because we, you know, uh, when when I kind of saw your guys present that that kind of led to us having this conversation, our Tesco was something that was talked about a lot, and and I think it is just worth remembering one of the things that often we've seen, um, sitting in the medium size enterprise or the the lower end of large, mm. has been one of the the um, barriers to adoption of objects has been scale. Uh, you mm. know, because for a lot of object vendors, they do start but big. You know, you're starting at mm. 50, 60, 100 plus terabytes, you know, right. and actually uh, simplifying that model a little. Um, because ob because object has a lot of benefit for all kinds of organizations mm -hmm. because of the things you've talked about. You know, it's not just about ways of storing massive amounts of data. Right. It's about storing data in a way that's more appropriate for the way that some of our technology needs to run inside of the enterprise. So making that something that is in a smaller more bite-sized consumable lump has right. some real value so right. you know so so i think you know if people are looking at this and are, are concerned that you know maybe object has been outside of what they've been able to do in the past because maybe right. they don't have the scale then you know I, I, I would definitely recommend that take a look at the scalability site find out a little bit more about arteska um, and, and how that might fit so um so there you go there, there's my free plug for you there brad mm -hmm. at the end um so and, and i'm not nice. even I, I i don't get paid for this you know that was just a free plug based on them um, something that it interested me um, from from the event that I saw. So, um, but Brad, look, uh, yeah, really appreciate your time. Um, you know, th thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a great chat and I've really enjoyed it. And I've understood a little bit more about where, where object sits in the enterprise. So, um, so Brad, for, uh, for now, thanks for being on Tech Interviews and uh, hopefully get you back at uh, some point in the future. But, but thanks for being a guest. Thank you. Very good. Pleasure to be with you. Welcome back to Tech Interviews. And I hope you enjoyed that first show in this short series of shows. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show or would like to appear as a guest, then why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com. And of course, to catch the next episode, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe at all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify, and for the video version of the show over on YouTube. So until next time, thanks for listening.